on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. The Brewers cannot take the momentum of winning a game on Sunday and carry it over to tonight, the series opener against the Mets. They lose by a 4 nothing score. They get uh, shut out this year for an eighth time. Four of those shutouts have come in the month of June as the offensive struggles and just struggles overall do continue for this Brewers team. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, there's multiple ways to get connected with us. You can call or text the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. To me, it it comes back to the offense. The Brewers don't score. I know there's going to be a lot of people that look at Adrian Hauser and maybe a tone that was not set by the Mets scoring three runs there in the first inning. But if you don't score, you don't win. And we have seen the Brewers struggle from an offensive standpoint uh, through much of this dip that they've been in recently. And today is just another example. Three hits. They, they get three total hits today. Uh, just don't do much of anything. Only two at-bats all game long with runners in scoring position. This is a day where offensively they just really, really struggle against a really good Mets team. Let's give credit where credit is due. This is a really good, a legitimately good Mets team, but the Brewers are a legitimately good team as well, and they just are not playing like one here at the moment. I do think the line does not tell the whole story for Adrian Hauser. Four runs on eight hits and four and two-thirds innings. You look at that first inning, and I think you give a ton, an absolute ton of credit to Brandon Nemo for putting together a nine-pitch at-bat to get that game going or to get that inning going. But in that inning, there's plays that are not made, a lot of ground balls, a lot of soft contact, just the Mets kind of dinking and dunking uh, Hauser to death there in that first inning, and they end up getting three runs as a result of it. Hauser wasn't especially good, but... He could have easily gotten out of that inning without giving up three runs, maybe even put up a zero, certainly giving up one run or two runs. But Hauser locks in after that, and he really does pitch well. The problem was the pitch count. You throw 37 pitches in the first inning, it's going to be challenging for you to even have the opportunity to complete five. He had that chance. He was one out away from getting out of the fifth inning, and eventually he just had to come out of the game as he ran out of uh, some gas there. 37 pitches in the first inning. That is a lot. So... I don't think Adrian Hauser pitched poorly. I think he had some bad luck in the first inning. I think he had an elevated pitch count, and then I think that pitch count eventually got to him. But I'm I'm pretty comfortable, actually, with what Hauser did today. Uh, just one of those days where the luck certainly did not go in his direction. All right, again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. By the way, we are on no-hitter watch at the moment. The St. Louis Cardinals are trying to uh, complete 
a doubleheader sweep of the Pirates, and their starting pitcher today, Miles Michaelis, is three outs away from completing a no-hitter. He's actually given up a run, but has not given up a hit. Uh, They have a 9-1 lead. Michaelis is at 115 pitches going into the ninth inning trying to complete a no-hitter, so we'll keep you updated on that as we go along throughout the course of this show as well. Brewers come up short. They lose to the Mets by a 4-0 score. Vinny Rotino is set to join us in uh, just a moment or so. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 3-2 to Escobar. Fly ball into left field. This is going to be deep enough to get another run home. Yelich is back there, makes the catch. Tagging is Alonzo. He will score. It's 3-0 Mets. Brewers end up losing by a 4-0 score. Welcome back in. This is Brewers X Turnings here on WTMJ. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Vinny Rotino will join us momentarily former uh, Brewer and Valley Sports uh, Wisconsin analyst as he wraps up his uh, TV responsibilities. And as mentioned, we'll keep you updated on the uh, the no-hitter that's being thrown right now in St. Louis uh, where the Cardinals lead the Pirates 9-1. Miles Michaelis is two outs away from a no-hitter. He has thrown 100 and 22 pitches, and he's trying to uh, complete a no-hitter at the moment. So we'll tell you how that goes. Let's bring on uh, Vinny Rotino. And, Vinny, it's a it's a day-to-day for the Brewers where offensively they're just really, really quiet. Yuck. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just like, uh, I mean, I know, look, Chris Bassett is good, right? Chris Bassett is a really, really, really talented pitcher. He hasn't been pitching like it. All year consistently this year, as a couple outings, maybe even three, he gave up like five or more runs. So, but like those other outings, he has been nasty. So, I mean, we saw that version of Chris Bassett tonight. It's just, it, it, it does get a little bit frustrating when the team just has a bunch of empty at bats. Like you saw what Brandon Nimmo did in the first at bat of the game, a nine pitch at bat that ended in a double. Adrian Hauser had no clue how to get that guy out. Like, that is the approach that you do see from guys like Jace Peterson, Luis Arias at times, just spoiling pitch, spoiling pitches, spoiling pitches. But the team, when they're struggling like this, like they are struggling, you just want to see them all at least have that mentality, like refusing to strike out, just spoiling pitches. When you don't see that, when you see more of a game like tonight, it just, it's not. You just wish they would change that mentality. That's all. Okay, so I want to. The other day we had a conversation because somebody asked about kind of the Brewers' hitting philosophy, and we got into that a little bit. I want to compare the Brewers to the Mets because the Mets they don't hit a ton of home runs and they don't strike out. Now they also have really good players. It's really tough to hit for average in Major League Baseball, and if you're hitting for average in Major League Baseball, it means you're a really good hitter, which means you're making a whole lot of money, and the Mets are paying a lot of their players a whole lot of money, but I think there are a lot of people, and this isn't, I I guarantee you, the post-game show for just about every team in Major League Baseball when they are playing the Mets, some version of this conversation is taking place because the Brewers' idea of Hitting a lot of home runs, and that's how you score your runs, is not something that is unique to the Brewers. Yet here we watch a Mets team uh, not do it that way and have a ton of success. 
Yeah, I mean, you look up and down the lineup. Like, there are guys in this lineup that aren't making the huge dollars, right? You have, you know, the Nimmo's, the the Jeff McNeils, the, you know, the Luis Guillorme's of the world, the Thomas Nido's. Like, these guys are just putting together quality at-bats as best they can. And they are it's, – it's a, it's a coordinated effort, right? And – Look, I thought we we have seen this version of the Milwaukee Brewers at times. Um, and I'm sure the Mets are on the opposite end of the spectrum at times as well. But, like, y- you just want to see the guys pass the baton to the next guy, right? Just, I am going to do whatever I can not to strike out. I'm going to do whatever I can to put the ball in play, even if it's a one-handed swing that, you know, I'm going to, instead of hitting him to a double play, I'm going to beat that, I'm going to beat the throw to first, or the, it's going to be so softly hit that the runner is going to move to second, and I'm going to get thrown at first, but now there's a runner in scoring position. It's all that little stuff, that battle mentality that wears down opposing pitchers. And at times, again, we've seen this Brewers offense, or yeah, the Brewers offense just allow the opposing pitcher to settle in and execute. And that's a good feeling for the defense. It's a good feeling for the opposing pitcher. It's a good feeling for the catcher as well, like calling the pitches. Like, so it, it, it's tough. Um, it, it, but it, Major League Baseball is very hard, and it's very hard to hit. <laughs> you just have to like try to battle through some of this stuff. I'm asking you really simple questions that have really complicated answers, so I'm, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no. But um, all right, some of these hitters for the Mets, if they took a little bit of a different approach, they would probably be able to hit some more home runs, but they'd be given something up. There'd be more strikeouts. There'd be a lower batting average, things like that. There's obviously an approach thing going on. How Do you think... Is there value in that? Is there value in less power to kind of do what the Mets do? Or is this just a really weird thing that they're doing to be successful and really teams should not be adopting that? Matt, you. so I think that there's been a shift in the game. It's subtle. I'm sure that very smart analytics people are figure, have figured this out and are looking at this currently, but I definitely think that there is a shift from baseball as as recent as last year to this year where guys are starting to choke up and and literally play pepper with the baseball with two strikes and just try to spoil pitches i'm i'm very very convinced of this after watching the brandon nimmo at bat like he was not trying to do anything other than play pepper spread out and just put the ball and play and up hitting a double and that is, I wish the Brewers will take that would take that approach. Um, sometimes you even see. So the reason, also another reason why I think that this is happening. You saw Pete Alonso. He's choking up. This guy's one of the best home run hitters in all of baseball on the planet, and he's choking up like three, four inches, or you know, two, three inches, just to put the ball in play with two strikes. So I definitely think there's a shift going on, uh, and eventually, I think some of the Brewers hitters will will take this as well. So Joey Votto was ahead of his time. I think Joey Votto was ahead of his time, absolutely. And I think if you get a coordinated effort in doing this, you get a bunch of guys, nine guys up and down the lineup doing this, that is very hard to pitch to. And you saw that, especially in this first inning tonight against Adrian Hauser. Yeah, but that first inning, that's a clinic right there from the Mets because you get the Nimmo nine pitch at bat that sets the tone, that in one at bat, 
almost guarantees you that the starting pitcher, Hauser, is not going to have a long day, barring just becoming all of a sudden very economical. And then they make contact. They force the issue. They The, the Brewers, uh, when the issue is forced, the Brewers make some mistakes, mistakes that don't show up as errors, but plays that are not made. You don't see a double off the glove very often, but you, you saw that today <laughs> off a pitcher's glove. I mean, it was just, that's a... You can say the Mets were lucky, and there was some luck involved there. But again, like I'm just, uh, I'm not trying to make this Mets extra innings, not Brewers extra innings. It's just so interesting to me watch watching their approach at the plate, and then seeing how that kind of manifested itself in the first inning. It puts pressure on not only on the pitcher but on the defense, right? So now all of a sudden the pitcher's really being worn down by this offense that it continues to follow off pitches, and then all of a sudden you see a ball put in play as an infielder, you're like, I better make this play. And I know that that ball went off of, there's no way to make that play. Adrian, it went off of Adrian Hauser's glove. It was a 57 mile per hour exit velocity double that barely left the infield. We'll never see that again, Matt. We saw something that we'll never see again tonight at the game. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's like, yeah, but the nine pitch at bat, then the, you know, even Marte's at bat, is four pitch at bat, but ended in up in a hard hit ball. Then Lindor, a five pitch at bat, all of a sudden you're worn down and you have a run in already. And then you have Pete Alonso up with runners on base and you have to pitch to him and he's going to take advantage of that every day of the week. And, um, and then even, even the last at bat, Luis Guillermo ended the inning with a seven pitch at bat. You thought, that that was not going to end well. I believe it got to 3-2. I thought he was going to get walked or get a little blue pit or something. But, yeah, it's very uh, – it's taxing mentally on, on not only the pitcher but the defense. And even your manager and everybody in the dugout's like, oh, here we go again. I felt like game was over after that first inning. I, yeah. I just did. It was just such a momentum shift. Uh, by the way, keeping folks up to date on what's going on with that uh, potential no-hitter, listen to this, Vinny. Uh, Miles Michaelis on his 129th pitch of the day. It's a 2-2 count with two outs in the ninth against Cal Mitchell, and he hits one to straightaway center field that just gets above the glove of Harrison Bader and drops down for a double. Miles Michaelis wow. one strike away from a no-hitter and uh, loses it. Wow. That is absolutely... How often do we see that, too? Like two outs and then just a, a play that was just barely made for no – I mean, uh, you know, I'll say this. Like, that's a lot of pitches for Miles Michaelis. I'm not hoping the guy is hurt, but, like, maybe he's worn down next time he pitches against the Brewers. Yeah, that's a that – We'll see. I have a bit. I have a baseball philosophy. I think you can go back and look. You know, I say this all the time when guys are really pushed from a pitch count perspective. So often they are not real good their next time out. And yeah, you know, I always try to remind people of that when when they're saying, you know, why didn't somebody stay out longer? Why you know th- there is there's a reciprocal effect of going out and throwing 110, 115 pitches, things like that. Well, what about the idea that we talked about that we're really going to we're kind of watching and monitoring how these pitchers for the Brewers, the starting staff is responding to only pitching with a five man rotation. I mean, it's not the stuff that gets affected. It's the command. Right. So you don't you don't feel as fresh. So all of a sudden you're going to do maybe just a little something different. Not going to have that same feel, that same crispness of the baseball out of your hand. You're going to. A fan uh, 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 command does get affected, so I, I would say I don't know. Like, let's watch, let's continue to monitor that. But um, hopefully, it's not the case. But we have seen this starting pitching staff kind of struggle of late. 
Well, you get Brandon Woodruff back in there. There's no reason to take out an Aaron Ashby. There's no reason to take out a Jason Alexander. I think they can go back to that six-man rotation if they want as soon as they get Woodruff back. I agree, Matt. I hope that's I hope that's the case. I hope that's what they do. All right, Brewers uh, lose to the Mets today by a 4 nothing score. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line 855-616-1620 or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. That's Vinny Rotino. I'm Matt Pauley. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. 3-2 pitch coming. Ground ball to third. Escobar has it to second for one. Giorme's relay to first is in time, and it's a 5-4-3 double play. And the inning is over. Brewers lose 4-0, opening up a series in New York against the Mets as the struggles do continue. They won on Sunday to end an eight-game losing streak, but they lose today getting shut out. And the shutout issues are starting to really become a thing for this team. It is the eighth time that they have been shut out this year. More importantly, it is the fourth time that they have been shut out, essentially, in the last three weeks. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk text line, 855. 855- Five six one six one six twenty, or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. Uh, we we always try to find a, a positive or two in this whole thing, Vinny. And I think we saw uh, Brent Suter come out today in inning and a third. He gets four outs. He gets a strikeout in there. It's been a very uneven performance this year for Suter. He's such an important part to this bullpen. Anytime he has a day like today, you wonder is this going to be the start of him going on some type of run. Yeah, I, mean, I think we've seen him really not pitch that much differently from the years past when he's had a lot of success. Uh, I just think like things haven't gone his way, and that, that can snowball on you real quickly. So balls put in play weekly that all of a sudden end up in you know a big inning, uh, obviously then giving up a big hit from those innings as well. You've got to avoid that, but he hasn't been able to do so. So, yeah, I mean, a nice, clean inning and a third from Brent Suter is nice, really quick, really efficient, throwing strikes. That is the Brent Suter of old. Um, he is in his best role when he does have a couple of innings to work through and kind of is that long man. Um, he hasn't had many opportunities like that this year so far to kind of get him rolling. I thought he would actually go another inning just to, again, get him rolling, get him that confidence. But I think the bullpen is stretched so thin right now with all the injuries that kind of council might just need him to be a little bit more fresh, can't have him down for too many days. Yeah, that's one of the negatives about Adrian Hauser. And you, like, you throw 37 pitches in the first inning, and you're one out short of making it through five. You realize that could have been much, much worse. But as I watched that first inning today, and the pitch count really go up for Hauser, and at one point it looked like there was a possibility that he might not make it out of the first inning if that pitch count runs much past 40 uh there's there are conversations being had about whether or not he's going to be able to continue on as much has been made of the bullpen issues for the brewers you think it's kind of a reset with the day off yesterday and that could have gone really bad really quickly so hauser just battling to even get the four and two-thirds, and then Suter giving you four outs, and Kelly getting two outs. It, it doesn't feel like you're in that bad of a spot from a bullpen position when you easily could have been. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a silver lining, right? I mean, so all the leverage guys are still fresh. They're still health, you know, healthy, but fr- you know, fresh. They're ready to go for the rest of the series. But, yeah, after a day off, certainly after a day off, after such a long 
grueling schedule with all these road trip games and everything and all these games in a row, it is nice to have those guys cover those innings. Um, certainly a, a silver lining positive spin on um, not not a great game. I, I just want to b- bring up real quick, I just looked at this too, Matt. Like The Brewers have a plus one run differential at this point. Like We were yeah. talking about this team having a run differential in the in the 60s and 70s just a, a few weeks ago with the best start in franchise history, and all of a sudden they're 34 and 29 with a plus one run differential. Not Not great. And, oh, yeah, by the way, with the Cardinals sweeping a doubleheader from the Pirates, the Cardinals now lead the Brewers by two and a half games in the Central. I mean, that that turned over pretty quick, and that's what happens when you lose eight in a row. But it, the, the interesting thing is it's not like the Cardinals were super hot. They got swept uh, by the Rays during this period, yet they have been able to catch and surpass the Brewers, and their run differential is sitting at a plus 57. So the the Cardinals and Brewers are separated by two and a half games, which is nothing on June 14th, but they are also separated by 56 run differential when the Cardinals are plus 57 and the Brewers are plus one. It tells you the Brewers are getting a little bit more out of um, the runs that they score. There's a little bit more there to it, but it also tells you that this is a Cardinals team to be concerned about. Cardinals are good. We saw that playing against them a couple of times already this year. They have a very formidable lineup. Um, Their pitching is solid enough. and they're going to be a really competitive team against the Brewers going forward. Now, the thing that is encouraging is that, um, you know, just looking at the division, it is going to be a, a lot of division games against teams they should take advantage of, right? So, I mean, Pittsburgh is not looking real good at all. Uh, and then, obviously, the Cubs and, and the Reds as well. So, the thing that is encouraging to me that the Brewers are going to turn around, have a, the potential to turn this thing around, um, is the fact that Hunter Renfro has proven himself to be a very, very strong hitter right before he got hurt, and then all of a sudden he got hurt and he's cooled off. He is showing glimpses of getting back to that version of himself. Then you have, once he's hitting, then I think the the dominoes kind of fall into place. Then Willie Adamas, we know, will probably hit. He had a ball to right center field gap that I thought he thought was gone and it got caught. That's very demoralizing as a hitter. And then obviously once those two guys get going, then you have a Rowdy Telez that I think will get going again. So it all kind of compounds on itself. So we know this team can score runs. They just have to get back into that groove. And then once Brandon Woodruff comes back, then – all right, then you have that six-man again, and then you have another Cy Young-type guy in your rotation. So things should turn around. That's what I'm kind of hanging my hat on at this point. Yeah, this is where the offensive struggles actually kind of come back to bite you even more because the point you make about Renfro, Renfro doesn't go on an injury rehab, and he doesn't go on an injury rehab because, like, bluntly, him coming straight off the injured list he's probably going to give you a better at-bat than what you've been getting out of a Lorenzo Cain, who essentially he's taking his at-bats when he comes back. So why are you going to send Renfro, you know, sending Renfro to AAA for a couple, two, three days? That's good for him, but for the Brewers, that's not as good because he'll probably give you a little bit more, but he's not going to be the guy that he would have been and he was not the guy that he was uh, before he gets injured. When, when Andrew McCutcheon is out for a while due to COVID, he comes back and he's right back there and he goes into the 
this huge slump, and now he's been coming out of that a little bit. It always frustrates me when I see the social media hot takes of this guy needs to be cut, this guy needs to be released, there's no reason that this guy should be playing. Uh, when when they're coming off these injuries, and because the Brewers have struggled, uh, it feels like a lot of these guys are kind of being forced back into the major league lineup a little bit quicker where in other situations maybe you would give them the opportunity to head to Nashville, head to Appleton, head somewhere and get a couple games under their belt before returning. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. I mean, yeah, the Brewers don't have many other better options than those guys. And quite frankly, they they probably get out of their little hitting adjustment periods, their little slumps a little bit quicker by getting thrown into the major league mix a little bit sooner. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as, as soon as Renfro starts to get that rhythm and timing back, he is such an important piece to this whole thing. Um, I mean, he came up with runners on fir- you know, first and second or first and third tonight, and he had an opportunity to tie the game up with a homer, obviously, but um, he ended up grounding into a double play. I thought that at-bat in general was a great at-bat. I thought he fought off a couple tough pitches, so he's close in my opinion. And again, once he is back kind of performing, then I think some of the other pieces fall into place. The Brewers only have the three hits tonight, but Christian Yelich does have one of them, so he extends his hit streak to seven games. Batting in the one spot, he's now hitting three eighty-five, has a four oh seven on base, has a nine oh seven OPS. Obviously a tiny sample size with it just being uh, the six games that he's been in the one spot, but that continues to be a storyline because I think we can easily say that this period, this last week and a half, is about the most consistent we have seen from Yelich this year. Yeah, I mean, I think batting in the leadoff spot is probably taking a little bit of pressure off him to perform and to really sit in the middle of the lineup and drive in runs and hit home runs and hit extra base hits. We just we just not seeing that version of Yelich on a consistent basis this year. So maybe just getting him in that one hole gets that gets him out of that headspace a little bit. All of a sudden, frees him up, gets him going a little bit. At least getting on base, getting some hits. We're seeing that from him right now. Um, and so we'll take it. Uh, quite frankly, I'll take it, Matt. Yeah, I think I think most people absolutely will. All right, Vinny, good stuff as always. Appreciate you taking a few moments, and uh, we'll catch up again tomorrow. Absolutely. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, there's a former Brewer in Valley Sports, Wisconsin, analyst Vinny Rotino after the Brewers fall short against the Mets today. They lose by a 4 nothing score. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. 4 nothing. the final score. The Brewers lose to the Mets to open up a three-game series in New York. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. The one is hammer to left, backing up Yelich, back onto the track, reaching out, and he catches it over his shoulder, about a step in front of the fence, and holds on as he hits that wall. Great catch, Christian Yelich. 4 nothing. the Brewers lose in New York to the Mets this evening. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Earnings here on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program 
at Matt Pauley on air. Let's grab some uh, text and tweets that are coming in. At Thumbs Up Barry uh, tweeting in says, I still don't doubt that this team will make the playoffs, but we're over 60 games into the year. Why should any fan believe this offense will succeed in the postseason? That's the million-dollar question, or the multi-million-dollar question. It's a fantastic question. The, the answer would be, and I, like I don't even know if I believe this answer, but I'll, I'll tell you the answer. The answer is that they haven't been able to play almost any of the season fully healthy from position player standpoint. Uh, I, I think I saw it the other day on the uh, on the TV broadcast. I think the the TV uh, Bally Sports TV uh, statistician Dom Catronio had this uh, that. Uh, there's only been four games this year where they basically had everybody. So you're talking about Colton Wong, Luis Urias, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, like all the guy Omar Nervias, all the guys who have been on the injured list. They've only played four games with a full complement of players, and they haven't lost a game when they had all those players available. So that's the that's the answer. I that that's why you think that maybe it'll turn around, but. If we're being very realistic about this, this is a club offensively that is very similar to who they were last year. Avi Garcia out, Hunter Renfro in, Jackie Bradley Jr. out, Tyrone Taylor in, um, Victor Caratini is your backup catcher instead of Manny Pena. But basically, the position player group is largely the same this year as it was last year. And they did not hit in the postseason. And they were a flawed offensive club last year. So I think it's fair to say that they are still a flawed offensive club. They haven't been given the opportunity to show that they're not because they haven't been able to play with everybody. But there's also no reason to 100% believe that they are going to be a really good offensive club. Now, the other side of that is when they've had most of those guys available, they've put up really good offensive numbers in aggregate. Uh, They've still been very uneven. There's been a lot of low-scoring games, a lot of shutouts, a lot of scoring one or two runs, but then that was kind of counterbalanced by those games where they're going out there and scoring double-digit runs. And when you put everything together, they look like a really good offensive club. Those numbers obviously have started to really come in a downward direction as the team has been uh, slumping throughout the course of this month. Doug texting in says, Look like the Brewers think this is golf. Low score wins, another shutout, four in two weeks. Can't end a big losing streak and then start another one a game later. They better hope Burns is on tomorrow or they will be swept. Um, Mike and Co- actually we'll go to Jerry. Uh, Jerry and Bayview says, uh, The crew on a slippery slope don't think they will take the division. Jerry, let's take a step back here. Now, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to guarantee you that the Brewers are going to win the division. I don't know. I think the Cardinals are a really good baseball team, and I think the Cardinals have as good of a shot of the Brewers as winning the division. Honestly, I think it's going to come down to two things. It's going to come down to injuries and which one of those teams stays healthier and probably who they acquire. If the Cardinals go get a top-end starter, that may put them a little bit in front of the Brewers. If the Brewers go get a middle-of-the-order bat, that might put them a little bit in front of the Cardinals. But this whole, uh, look look at your calendar. Uh, look at your phone right now. Look at your watch. Whatever has the date, 
or I'll just tell you, it's June 14th. Happy Flag Day, everybody. It's June 14th, and we're, we're sending out messages saying that you don't think they're going to take the division. Uh, two weeks ago, they had the best 50-game start in the history of the franchise, and now they've gone through a losing streak, and oh no, they're two and a half games back in the division on June 14th. Oh, they're not going to take the division. Like, let's... Let's bring some common sense here. In the year that in in 2018, when they went to Game Seven of the NLCS, had a really good team. They had a seven-game losing streak. That was the year that they got swept in a five-game series by the Pirates going into the All-Star break. These time periods happen. Now, could the Brewers just really be in trouble? Could the offense never come around? Could the pitching just not stay healthy? And could that deficit in the division grow and grow and grow and they they don't make it to the postseason? Is there a possibility that that scenario plays out? Sure, like anything can happen. I don't think it's going to play out that way. I still think this is very much a playoff team, and I think it's going to be a really good race for the division down the stretch. But let's, let's not... The sky's not falling. They're two and a half games back on June 14th going through the type of slump that just about every team goes through in Major League Baseball. You don't think they will take the division because on June 14th, they're two and a half games back and they're in a slump. Come on, let's let's slow our roll. Let's pump the brakes, whatever cliche you'd like to use. Brewers lose to the Mets today by a 4 nothing score. We've got the news coming up in two minutes, and then we'll be back with the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. up the middle, gloved by Giorme, flips to Lindor, back to first in time, and it's a 4-6-3 double play, and the inning is over. 4-0, the Brewers lose to the Mets today. Welcome back in. Brewers Extra Innings rolls on here on WTMJ. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Obviously, the struggle is continuing right now for the Brewers. At some point, they got to get out of this thing. The first thing they got to do is just finish this road trip, this third three-city road trip. It just get some normalcy into your schedule and go from there. It's, just, it's really hard for me to evaluate this team right now between the injuries, between the schedule. I, I just I don't know who they are. We, we had the text or the tweet earlier about why we should believe that the offense is going to get going. And we there isn't any reason to believe but there isn't like too much of a reason not to believe either. It's just, yeah, we're we're deep into the season. I get it. You're sixty or so games in. That's a that's a third of the way through the season, more than a third. Yet I still I don't have a grasp on who this team is. I just especially especially from an offensive standpoint, they lose today four nothing. They're down three nothing after one inning as Adrian Hauser in the first inning throws thirty seven pitches, kind of gets dinked and dunked to death. Soft contact, infield hits, some defensive plays that uh, would have been challenging, would have been tough, but are not made. A nine-pitch at bat by Brandon Nimmo to get the uh, inning started. Just kind of one of those innings where if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago and uh, spoke specifically about Hauser's start to the game. I thought Adrian did a pretty good job. I mean, I, you know, the 37 pitches, um, you know, we had two infield hits there, um, two balls we get our glove on that we don't get outs. Um, so, 
you know, there wasn't, you know, they made him work. Obviously, the first hitter makes him throw nine pitches and then and then hits a double. Um, uh, he, he battled well through the inning. Um but they made him throw a ton of pitches. But it, it, you know he didn't he didn't pitch poorly that inning necessarily. Little little, you know, he had some maybe too many misses um, that kind of let him let him into some deep counts. But came back and, and pitched pretty well. I mean that that line score could have looked a lot different tonight. I thought. And, I mean, that makes a huge difference, right, for him to get through almost five. Yeah, well, he—he, he, I mean, that's what he pitched pretty well the rest of the night, um, and I think he pitched pretty well the first inning. He wasn't, you know, the first. I thought the first hitter hurt him really. It was, you know, that you throw ten pitches and you double. Um, you know, the second the second hitter, um, you know, we we get our glove on a ball and don't make a play. Um, so it. You know, then we're looking at he's kind of you know he's he's got his work cut out for him with the middle of the order coming out. I talked to Brent before the game about you know he's trying to kind of be mentally more locked in, um, especially yeah. when he gets on the mound right away. Tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, Brent's had some good. He's strung together some good outings, um, and you know, with with our injuries, we, we need we need it. So it's encouraging to see. And um, I, I think he, he threw the ball great tonight. Made quality pitches to, to to all kinds of hitters. So it's good to see he's, he's throwing the ball well. Frank, for the offense as a whole, um, just kind of the inconsistency, the up and the down, especially against good teams. Obviously, they're going to have better pitching. But I mean, is, is, is there, do you have an expl- like a reasoning explanation, or is there like a cause of concern with that at all? Or is it just kind of- yeah, I mean, I think we got to do better. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, we've, we've got to do a little better. Um, you know, a lot of it, obviously getting shut out. That's never going to work, but I think um, I think we can be better. I think we will be better. Um, yeah, I mean this this is this is the story, and we just we just you know there, there's some signs of some guys tonight. It was kind of shut down, but um, you know obviously we got to we got to put more good swings on balls. Got to put more pressure on the pitching. Um, got to got to hit more home runs. Um, all, all of the above. Got to get on base a little more, um, and uh, otherwise it's you know. Kind of waiting for that, that just hoping for that home run or that two out hit is, you know, is, is going to be challenging. Even tonight, I felt like a lot of near misses, even with a shutout. Um, Do you feel like that's a slight? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's always close, you know, but it, it, you got we got to get it done. Uh, bottom line. Was it a lot of near misses? I I understand the point that was being made, and double play certainly. Uh, were an issue in this game today for the Brewers. Anytime it seemed like they were making a little bit of noise, uh, the inning seemingly ended with a with a double play. But they were really quiet offensively. Double plays or no double plays. They had three hits, and they don't have a single extra base hits, and they have a total of two at-bats with runners in scoring position. Craig Council said it. they got to do a lot better. And... They in many areas, ever like getting on base, getting extra base hits, getting home runs, having longer at bats, not striking out. I, everything that you do from an offensive standpoint, the Brewers need to do better right now, and that's not hyperbole. Like that's that sounds like the guy at the end of the bar who's just frustrated with the team. Ah, they gotta do everything better. They can't do this. They can't do this. They like honestly, and I'm not trying to just like be this Debbie Downer here at the moment, but right now, 
as they're in this funk, they got to do everything better. Everything better. That's where they're at right now. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage at Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. We're going back to the game with the highlights. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is a call to the self-starters, to the self-made, and the self-sufficient. It's time to declare a new kind of independence because Edelman Financial Engines is here to provide tailored investment solutions for your kind of wealthy. You should expect more from your wealth advisors. Our investment management approach is based on Nobel Prize winning research and our planners don't sell products to earn commissions. And because we're here for those who question the answers, we model more than 38,000 securities so we can better stress test your portfolio through thousands of scenarios. So no matter where you're going next, see what we can build for you. Call 888-899-4450. That's 888-899-4450. Or visit efewealthplanners.com to get your complimentary financial plan. Edelman Financial Engines. Built for those who built themselves. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 4-0, Mets beat the Brewers. Pitching matchup this evening, Adrian Hauser going for the crew. Chris Bassett starting for New York. And it was quite the bottom of the first inning for the Mets. The first batter of the game is Brandon Nimmo. Nine pitch at bat, and he does this. Here's the 3-2. Line drive, right center field. Renfro won't get to that one. It's going to one-hop the wall in right center. Nimmo into second with a leadoff double, and what an at-bat from Brandon Nimmo to start up this game for the Mets. Yeah, that really sets the tone, not just for the game, but really for the inning. The next hitter is Starling Marte. He ends up getting an infield single. Uh, Brewers had some opportunity to make some plays in the first inning. They didn't. Uh, Nimmo had to stay put at second on that play. So runners on at first and second. That brings up Francisco Lindor. He grounds out, but the runners move to second and third, respectively, in front of Pete Alonso. And the pitch. Line drive over the head of Adamas and into left field for a base hit. One run is in. Marte will be held at third. The Mets take a 1-0 lead on the RBI single from Pete Alonso, his 58th driven in of the season. It moved Marte to third. There was then a wild pitch that allowed Alonso to go to second. So runners on at second and third for Jeff McNeil. 3-0 is a bouncer off the glove of Hauser. It's going to trickle into shallow right field. Marte will score. They're going to hold Alonzo at third. The throw to second is not in time as McNeil got aggressive and took that extra base. A double off the pitcher's glove. By the way, the official Major League Baseball terminology of the way that play was scored, Jeff McNeil doubles to deep second base. That's how it goes. A double to second. Ugh. So Sarli Marte scored. Alonzo went to third. Next hitter, Eduardo Escobar. 3-2 to Escobar. Fly ball into left field. This is going to be deep enough to get another run home. Yelich is back there, makes the catch. Tagging is Alonzo. He will score. It's 3-0 Mets. Three runs, four hits, one left for the Mets in the bottom of the first inning. We didn't know it then, but that would be more than enough for them to get the victory. 
Uh, Adrian Hauser would really kind of lock in after that, throws a scoreless second inning. In the third inning, uh, he would allow Pete Alonzo to uh, get aboard. He would walk, but then with two outs, this is how the inning comes to an end. Hauser has his sign. The runner takes off for third. Pitch is taken for a strike. The throw to the trail runner at second base. What a play by Narvaez. He guns down Alonzo. Yeah, there was a Francisco Lindor bunt single in that inning as well. So a couple runners on. Alonzo's caught stealing second. And that finishes things off in the third. It is still a 3-0 score. So we go to the fourth inning, and it's still uh, Adrian Hauser continuing to pitch despite the 37 pitches in the first inning. Again, he was able to really uh, put it together. There's a couple outs in the inning, and Thomas Nato at the plate. The one is hammer to left, backing up Yelich, back onto the track, reaching out, and he catches it over his shoulder about a step in front of the fence and holds on as he hits that wall. Great catch, Christian Yelich. 3-0, the score remains, and the Brewers make a little bit of noise in the top of the fifth inning. Luis Urias leads the inning off by reaching on an air. With one out, Omar Nervaez gets a base hit, so runners on at first and second. There's one out, and it's Hunter Renfro at the plate. 3-2 pitch coming. Ground ball to third. Escobar has it to second for one. Giorme's relay to first is in time, and it's a 5-4-3 double play. And the inning is over. Yeah, it really hurts with Renfro representing the tying run in that situation. He grounds into the double play, and indeed, it is still a 3-0 game. Adrian Hauser approaching 100 pitches. He comes back out for the fifth inning, gives up a base hit to Brandon Nimmo. Then Starling Marte grounds into a fielder's choice where Nimmo is out at second. Francisco Lindor flies out, so that's the second inning. Marte does uh, tag from first and takes second on that flyout, but despite the fact that Hauser threw 37 pitches in the first inning, he is one out away from getting through five, but then Pete Alonso does this. And the 1-1. Line drive, left center field. That's going to get down. Taylor over there to cut it off on a couple of hops. Around third is Marte. He's going to score. It's 4-0 Mets on an RBI single from Pete Alonso. And that ends the day for Hauser. Brent Suter comes in. He gets the final out in the fifth. It's 4-0 as we go to the sixth inning. Brewers again try to make a little bit of noise in the sixth inning. Jace Peterson leads the inning off with a walk with one out. Christian Yelich gets a base hit. That moves Peterson to third, so runners on at the corners for Willie Adamas. Ground ball back up the middle. Gloved by Giorme. Flips to Lindor. Back to first in time. And it's a 4-6-3 double play, and the inning is over. Yeah, and that was just the day that the Brewers were having. Trevor Kelly would pitch the final couple innings uh, for uh, the Brewers for uh, Chris Bassett, the Mets starter. He goes eight shutout innings before Drew Smith throws the ninth, and the Brewers come up short, losing by a 4-0 score. With the win, the Mets go to 41-22. and The Brewers drop to 34-29. and Winning totals for the Mets, four runs, eight hits, one air. They leave six. 
for the Brewers. No runs, three hits, no errors. They leave two. Winning pitcher Chris Bassett, he's five and four. Adrian Hauser takes the loss. He drops to three and seven. There were no home runs hit in the game. It lasted just two hours and 39 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 28,495 folks at City Field in New York. Four nothing the final score. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you some scores from around B and four record and a 2.48 ERA. For the Mets, they're going to go with left-handed pitcher David Peterson, so we'll see how the Brewers do against a lefty. At times, they struggle against left-handers. Peterson having a nice season so far. He's got a 3-0 and record with a uh, just a flat-out 3 ERA. 6-10 first pitch tomorrow, same as tonight, so the schedule will remain the same with our coverage beginning at 535. And then myself and Vinny Rotino will have you after the game for Brewers extra innings. Once again, Brewers come up short. They lose to the Mets by a 4 nothing score and they'll try to even up this three game series coming up tomorrow night. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for more Brewers Baseball.